You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I feel like who art ed? Try to splice it. Who art ed? Mr. Wood art ed me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. Now, today's episode is going to be about Faith Ringgold and her story quilt, Dancing at the Louvre. But before I get to that, because I'm recording during Thanksgiving break, I want to start off by taking some time to express some gratitude. I have been very fortunate to get some lucky breaks. I have tremendously supportive friends and family who have given up their free time, shared their talent, shared their insights, and done a lot to support me in creating this show, taking on such a big endeavor. I've also gotten some lucky breaks from outside my family and circle of friends. Starting last year, I was included in the media library for the Art Explorer Foundation's online academy. If you're not familiar, check out academy.artexplora.org. I'll link it in the show notes, but they have an incredible online educational platform that was developed in partnership with some of the greatest cultural institutions in the world, and it's all free. Being included in their site gave me a little boost in confidence to reach out and seek other means of growing. I joined the Airwave Media Network. I've gotten to join Tim Bogatz on his show, Art Ed Radio, from the Art of Education University, and he has been here on my show twice. I got to present at Art of Education University's NOW conference this summer, and I get to present again at their upcoming winter conference, so... Fellow art teachers, I would encourage you all to attend. I probably shouldn't make too much of a list because I don't want to bore everyone, but also I I don't want to leave anybody out. I have been helped by so many different people, and it's been really cool to chat with numerous people I've learned from over the years, like Candido Crespo, host of the Everyday Art Room. He's also part of the Anti-Racist Art Teachers and a number of other groups. That man's tirelessly working and doing a lot of good. It was also nice last spring I got to go on K-12 Art Chat, the podcast from Team Grundler and Davis Education. And just last month, I had the one and only Cassie Stevens joining me on this show for my third anniversary. And in all of these cases, it was really cool that when I reached out to people I admired, 
I found that they were supremely kind and generous in sharing their time and talents. Now I find myself in a position I never really imagined. My show has been finding an audience and growing steadily, and I cannot be more grateful for everyone who listens and tells a friend about the show. You don't really go into elementary art education because you feel a need to seek fame and fortune, but it feels really good to see that people like my work. Along those lines, I want to share just the kindest email I got from a listener that really made my day. Rod in Denver, Colorado wrote me saying, I've been listening to your podcast for about two months now. Rarely am I inspired enough by a podcast to send a thank you note. In fact, this may be the first time. I truly believe you have created a great platform to discuss the art world. I'm somewhat new to art, unless you count winning second place in a first grade art contest. I'm 57 now. Anyway, art became my COVID distraction. However, it's become an obsession, and I'm constantly looking to find more art topics to devour. Your podcast has stopped me in my tracks. I can't get enough. Thank you. All I can say is thank you, Rod. That email, that feedback, that made my day. It seems ironic, uh, given the fact that I'm talking about this on a podcast, but I have no words to express what this means to me. Creating the show for three years has been a lot of work, and it means a lot to get a kind word, showing that work matters to someone. In last week's episode, Your Brain on Art, I talked about how the creative process leaves people vulnerable. This podcast is my creative outlet, and feedback showing the podcast resonates with people, it's tremendously validating. While, of course, I appreciate everyone who has a kind word to say about the show in an email or a nice rating and review on podcast apps, above all, I just want to close this segment out by reminding everyone to take a moment and share a positive thought with those around you. As I frequently say with my kids and my students, calm voices and kind words help us all feel better. As I said, I am incredibly grateful for all the positivity and the opportunities that I've received, starting with Art Explora, who invited me to their private launch party at the Louvre last year. Like I said, their platform is kind of a big deal, so check it out. But after the break, we're going to talk about Faith Ringgold's Dancing at the Louvre. See, it wasn't just a brag there. It's a segue. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Now, the true art history topic for this episode is Faith Ringgold's Dancing at the Louvre. 
It's one of her story quilts, and if you want to see the image, you can check it out if you are listening on Amazon Music, Spotify, or any of those other platforms that supports episode-specific cover art. You can also Google it, I suppose. Faith Ringgold's Dancing at the Louvre is all about breaking the rules. It's sort of that taboo of people celebrating and joyously dancing that unexpected activity for the for the highbrow cultural institutions like the Louvre. And part of what I love about this piece is that it's at once super traditional and yet postmodern. Quilts, and more specifically story quilts, have a long tradition in African-American culture. Faith Ringgold is using a traditional medium and techniques that she learned from her mother and grandmother before her, and she's using that as a way of cutting through old stereotypes and breaking down barriers. Her first story quilt was Who's Afraid of Aunt Jemima, which transformed the offensive stereotype of Jemima into a successful black businesswoman. Part of what postmodern art does is remix and recontextualize these familiar tropes and ideas that are just sort of out there in society. While modern art tended to go broader, trying to get something timeless and universal, Postmodern art becomes more specific, focusing on the individual experiences and different lenses through which people see the world. In her Dancing at the Louvre quilt, Ringgold is writing the story of Willa Marie Simone, a fictional character, although in a large sense you could say Willa Marie Simone is almost like an alter ego of Faith Ringgold. Willa moves to Paris, meets major figures like Henri Matisse, the iconic artist, Josephine Baker, the American-born French singer, dancer, actress. She actually became the first black woman star in a major motion picture. And Rosa Parks, the legend of the civil rights movement. Now, this is a part of um, Faith Ringgold's actually series of story quilts. Uh, a series of 12 quilts known as the French Collection. And in this series, Willa Marie Simone goes on many adventures and becomes a successful artist and businesswoman. In Ringgold's life, she had been taught to admire the achievements of men like Pablo Picasso, who innovated by copying African masks. In her education, she was told to study art education because fine art was only for men. I mean, literally, at the college she went to, that program was only accessible to men. So she looked at all these societal barriers and envisioned a figure who could push past them. I think what's interesting is, in Ringgold's story, the protagonist is a black woman, and the white male European artists, they have the walk-on role. The Louvre is this iconic cultural institution, home of some of the finest artworks in the history of the world, and Ringgold's Willa Marie Simone feels unintimidated. She joyously flouts conventions and dances in those hallowed halls. The French collection reframes and engages us with history in a new way. In Picasso's studio, for example, 
Willa Marie is modeling for Picasso, but the text gives her voice. She's not just a silent figure to be looked at. Viewers of this piece see Picasso's famous works like Les Demoiselles de Avignon in the background, but along with it, we see African masks that inspired him. In the text, Willa Marie says that she heard the African masks and the woman in the painting having a conversation, and she's encouraged to embrace her identity as a black woman. The quilt shows these different threads coming together for a new perspective on familiar art history. And yeah, I couldn't resist talking about threads coming together with a story quilt. But it is these story quilts that that really made Faith Ringgold stand out. I mean, her background, if you recall from my Faith Ringgold episode before, she studied as a painter, but her mother was a a fashion designer in Harlem, and you know she she learned that skill from her mother, and eventually, what she became best known for was her story quilts. She would paint basically acrylic on canvas and then uh, stitch the fabric on there, stitch the backing to it, and and fashion it into a more traditional-looking quilt. So it's painted fabric that's that's quilted then. Um, and this is probably, the French collection is probably her best-known series. I think what's interesting about this collection and what makes it stand out to people and why it is the piece that is on the Art History AP list is this is a postmodern piece taking traditional elements and iconic things from our society, but putting it into the idiosyncratic language of that artist. It's reframing the traditional Western canon by showing all of these different artists that Faith Ringgold genuinely did admire, but showing them from her perspective, showing them um, in, a, in a new light, in a new lens. And I, I think it is wonderful when art history becomes more inclusive and accessible, and when all people can see a little bit of themselves and their story and their perspective played out in there. And just one final thing to to know about Faith Ringgold and her work and her story quilt specifically, um, I think it's kind of interesting. She started making these story quilts because she had a passion and a drive to to write. She had stories to tell but she couldn't get published. The publishers just were not interested in it. And so she started making these story quilts because she knew when the story quilt was put up on the wall and sometimes it would be photographed in galleries, it would end up in articles and it would be published in books, widening the audience for other people to read her stories. And as we all know, eventually people did take notice because Faith Ringgold has written and illustrated 17 children's books, including Tar Beach, which was the subject of another previous episode. 
Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I would love to hear your perspectives. Please feel free, reach out, send me an email at whoartedpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know if there's an artist or a topic you'd like to hear covered on this show. I am always looking for more to explore. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.